Hello and welcome to the Data Protection Tea Break. In this episode, ODPA Chief Operating Officer Tim Loveridge delves more into the way we use the internet at home, both for work and our domestic lives. He considers the risks the devices we rely on might pose and talks through the issues and solutions with two local experts who also look ahead to how the connected world might be changing how we work, even outside of the office. Hello and welcome back to this podcast. In this episode, what we want to do is explore a title, Life in the Connected Home, and exactly what that means and and hopefully what the Data Protection Authority can provide some assistance with and, and some insights into really the things you need to think about when you're when you're working remotely and when you're just doing more and more stuff from home. And I'm delighted today to welcome two particular experts in this space. The first one is Justin Bellinger, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Shaw Guernsey. And, and the other person we've got here today is Carl Seelan, who is the owner of The Chain, a local information security firm and a knowledge expert really in the island on all things information security and, and really, we, as I said, we want to explore some of these real challenges, I think, that are faced by the local community as they work more and more from home and w- more transient workforce that we have here. And I think that's, that's not necessarily just, let's say, an accountant who has to take their PC home and do the same job when they're at home as they do in the office, so literally moving from one office space to another. But also what I'd like to do is I'd like to explore the different types of jobs that people have and how technology has an impact on that and how they should secure their home and the other areas they work in when they're doing this type of thing. So uh, without further ado, if I could start off by asking Justin to introduce himself and then we'll head over to Carl. Hi Tim, good to see you. Um, Yes, I'm Justin Bellinger from Shaw for 25 years nearly now in the the telecommunications industry. Various roles within our business from business development to sales to engineering and various management roles. So yes, we're going through a period of, of change. We've got forced into that through COVID largely. But what a period of opportunity that we're getting it's made us very conscious of the connectivity um, that we require as individuals, as businesses and, and at home. And I'm really looking forward to unpacking the responsibilities that come with that. Excellent. Thank you. And Carl, over to you. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Um, yeah, Carl Seelam. I'm the owner of the, the Chain Limited um, cybersecurity company. We we perform assessments uh, for local businesses uh, across the Channel Islands, so testing, security, auditing, investigating incidents as well, which gives us quite an insight into what can go wrong. Um, so we we, you know, we we experience things at I suppose both sort of both sides in terms of what businesses what goes on in businesses and the challenges that that they face but also as Justin um, alluded to with the uh, pandemic how how the uh, how things have moved into the home and what how that's creating different challenges for people in around cybersecurity. Okay, so let's 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 unpick this a little bit, and particularly the working remotely, the working from home stuff. So both of you are very experienced with supporting people as they've, as they've migrated away from the traditional office space. Um, Justin, if I can turn to you. So, and, and, and I think Shaw are doing quite a lot. You're, you're very aware of that move. So what, what steps are you taking and what are you aware of? Well, particularly with the investment in the island-wide fibre network, a wholesale fibre network, the limitations of moving from your connection from your premises to the internet to your connections inside your premises. 
So many of us will have home home networks that are over and above just the router that you get from your your ISP. But as speeds increase, whether that's through fiber connectivity or indeed um, through more modern mobile technologies as well, such as 5G on the horizon, then the bottlenecks start to move into your house. And that's where the complexities really, really start. I mean, always, and this is going to be a common theme that you're going to hear throughout this um, conversation is security is ultimately your responsibility as as an individual. But as the bottlenecks move into your house, is it your light bulb that's chewing up a load of bandwidth? Have you got enough Wi-Fi capacity to connect all of your devices together? And whose responsibility is that? And I'd like to unpack it a little bit, yeah. a little bit um, further on how we can sort of delineate that or accept those blurred lines between your utility provider, you as an individual, and the bit in between, the complex bit in between is how do I secure this? How do I make sure it stays up? How do I keep every member of the household happy, whether that's a gamer, uh, a streamer, someone working in audit from their home office or indeed producing architectural plans to for their clients yeah because i think we'll get on to the iot internet of things stuff a little bit later but i i'm curious about exploring this because you've got so much control now remotely i mean we do it all the time i, I you know i've been on holiday and i've turned my lights on in my lounge at home uh, just because i think it, it kind of gave the impression there was somebody still there when we were away from our house so and so that that connectivity in and out of of your home is something that's becoming much more commonplace isn't it yeah absolutely so um, and carl uh, it, securing that making sure that you know people aren't doing nasty things to it i mean what, what are your thoughts there yeah I, I think we've seen things evolve a little uh, since the beginning of the pandemic where people are They've left the safety of the, the the corporate perimeter, and now that they that's that's kind of extended or you know, blurred to the to the home, and have been encouraged to take more responsibility for um, securing themselves, their networks, and and um, you know, everything that they do. But I I still think it's it's got a very long way to go. So people that the, the one of the challenges is people don't understand. Um, you know, they don't have. You know, part of it might part of the. They may get some assistance from corporate IT, but that only goes so far. Um, I know from conducting assessments, it's quite difficult for a, as a business to get comfort that your employees, that you know, when they're working from home, that you've got the same level of security in the home as when you're in the office. So there, there are some things that, that as a business you can do to try and get more um, control over that, but there are, you know, there, there are limitations. Um, so, so for instance, you know, some that, that is a very, very common problem and challenge, businesses and home, um, is something like web filtering. What websites can you get to? Are you, are you blocked? From getting to harmful websites, well, it might surprise you, but not, it, even in businesses, not all businesses really address that problem very effectively. And then, when you move to the home, then there's even less um, protection against that sort of uh, you know, to, to protect you. Okay, I just wanted to go back slightly to one of the other things you said 
and one of the um, one of the other things you, you you both referred to is that responsibility and how that's moved to the individual, the occupier of the home. Um, and I, I guess I want to challenge that slightly because I think that yes, people need to understand really what they're getting into from working home, but also there's a responsibility on the business that's employing them as well, isn't there? And and there's that fine balance there. Surely that you know you can't expect somebody who's a specialist in a certain thing that's not IT to understand all the IT repercussions of security for instance yes yeah definitely I mean um, the first port call is going to be from a macro level if you're working for a business you'd expect your devices or device to behave in a similar way to it would in the office like endpoint security etc and then if you're sort of maybe contracting or, or doing a bit of a uh, uh, of work as a digital nomad, you'd okay. expect some sort of form of security implied or suggested by your client in terms of how you share information. If you're creating, and that's that's what we're real, the, really the nub of it, when connectivity becomes ubiquitous and you don't have to be in the office, you don't have to be beholden to anyone else, you can be doing whatever you like from wherever you like then the responsibility is absolutely you. And when you, again, zooming back out at a level, when we look at breaches in, in, in organisations, it's largely from, through individuals clicking on links and that sort of stuff. But what I can definitely say, and just take a moment to pause the podcast if you listen to this, patch, 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 auto-update everything that you've got. Make sure all of your devices are on the absolute current, most current operating system. Or, or firmware. You should do that whether you're a gamer, just playing on the internet um, for fun or for money at, at, at home, um, whether you're a senior manager or hosting web WebEx and Teams and uh, Zoom calls, you should make sure that all of your stuff is up to date. Because that whole patching exercise is significant now right so so if you so that, that would apply to your mobile phone your uh, connected devices whether they're light bulbs or yeah. uh, sound systems or whatever your router yep. um, which has got a firewall and but then you may be using other firewall s- services because of the cloud access that you have all these different things need to be looked at i mean carl it's a lot of stuff to maintain right yeah yeah and i, I think the you know i as i mentioned when i talk to people in the in the home, looking at their, you know, asking them about these things, you know, how are you approaching these challenges in the home? And when I say people, I mean, this is this is sort of small businesses, one, you know, sort of one person operations, quite, you know, maybe quite significant businesses, but they're it's it's a person and a laptop on on the, on the end of a, an internet connection, and they're like, well, how how do I do that? How do I what, what how do I check what 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 version? of the operating system is my phone and and they simply do not know you know it's 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 i think it's going to take a long time for that that for people to realize that they need to know and and that it's you know it's not a safe place um, so, so but I, 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 okay so talk about the vulnerabilities though if people are saying i just don't know what are they leaving themselves open to i mean what damage could be caused as a result of people not maintaining this stuff yeah i mean it's just as simple as a security vulnerability you know you patch to fix issues with software 
that might be just a functional issue, but, but a lot of the stuff at the moment, it's security vulnerability. So if you don't patch, you get then you can get hacked. Yeah, and get tracked um, and all the other stuff. And, yeah. and some of it, it might be, it doesn't trigger until you, you, you click on that, that malicious link in the email. But some of these attacks don't require any input from you. You know, you've got a connection, to, you've got your router connected to the internet and it's not up to date. Um, that could be all it takes. So talk to me more about patching. What do you mean by patching? That's updating the software on the device. So it's the, the software that the device comes with. So, uh, for example, if it's a computer, you're running Windows 10 or 11, then that there's updates to that, that system. Auto You can turn on auto-updates for Windows. It's the same with phones, you know, Apple, iOS, is, is the system that updates you get new versions of that uh, Android phones are the same so they they push out updates depending on which manufacturer and what type of device you've got you'll get updates at different intervals um, yeah, but you I need to say, make yeah. sure that they're being that they're that they are being de- yeah. deployed and applied can we just touch a little bit on and it's just because it's happened to me recently it's, it's the whole we talk about kids and protecting kids, and I think we'll we'll explore that a little bit. But also about other people that our parents, for instance, and other people that are maybe not so in touch with technology. You know, I regularly speak to my dad, for instance, who will say, "Well, my my phone's six, seven years old, but there's nothing wrong with it." Um, yeah. And so, why do I need to buy a new one? Which is a horrible consumerist conversation to have. But also, I'm aware that. Because his technology is so old, it's no longer supported for things like patching and updates, that it leaves him vulnerable to things that he has no awareness of. I mean, Justin, do you want to comment on that? I'm with you on the um, consumerist side of things and the wastefulness of refreshing your tech every every year or two. There shouldn't be a need to do that. But if you have got something in your pocket or in your drawer or you dust off occasionally that is years and years and years out of date, it should still tell you that I'm out of date, I can't update anymore. Definitely, when I say patch, 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 100% have auto-update on everything you've got. Go wind back 10 years ago, um, as IT professionals, we'd be a little nervous about going to the latest release of, of whatever. We felt like we were the, the beta testers for these big corporations. It's not like that anymore. Um, with um, exploits that can happen almost instantly you need to be updating almost instantly so i'd say to your your dad or my or my mum it's it's very real this this problem if your phone's telling you to do something even if it's in tiny little letters at the bottom like mine was this morning i've got i've got an update do uh, just pop into your provider as well or, or speak to yeah. your to your fam i don't know that much about my my mum's phone but i know that when it needs to, the other thing is, just tell them not, not to click on anything. Yeah. <laughs> just don't click on anything at all. Just if you got a message, type in the URL. But, but doesn't I, I? I understand that, and I think that's good advice. But it also it kind of it perpetuates the whole problem of people being scared of technology. Yeah, and, and that's something that we also want 
to overcome, don't we? Is that you shouldn't be scared of it because it can be such a wonderful thing when you do understand what you're doing with it. And the experimentation with technology is something I think is quite healthy. But there, but there's a fine line between those two things, isn't there? So it's, if you really don't know, just don't click. Particularly with those emails we get where you know somebody sent you something with a link and you and you don't know who the sender is. The advice is just not to click on it; just it, delete it. You know exactly. And ironically, that's the product of probably a home user or individual that hasn't updated this stuff and has been infected and then is used as part of a wider exploit. Carl? Yeah, I, I, I think it, it's we're, we haven't caught up um, with the, as, as the technology's evolved and, mm-hmm. and um, developed as, as a human race, we haven't kept up with the pace. So we're not, yeah, we, we're not prepared. We, we, it's still uh, novel, and it's these things are you know for fun, for entertainment, for convenience. But we, you know, a lot of people don't recognise that what they have in their hand is an extremely advanced piece of technology, and you know, a lot of your life is centres around that piece of technology. Um, if you've got internet banking on the device. Um, and um, you know it's got access to all your different emails that you used to communicate. Um, that's a lot of risk that you're carrying around, and, and we haven't—I don't think—collectively we haven't quite grasped that change in in the world, and and people don't see the threat. Um, you know, so so they you know they're sort of blissfully ignorant, I think. Um, and and uh, you know, there's no simple. I don't think there's a simple way to 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 address the problem. It's something that's going to gradually come with time. We can you know, reinforce the message and, and remind people. But you know, things like the the you know, updates. Uh, so you know, it's simple. Another important thing with the point on updates, patching and so on. Once your device doesn't have updates anymore, when that's when it's what you would call unsupported. That, at that point, that's you. You really need to see that as as a piece of risky equipment that you should not be using anymore. Yeah, that, I think that's very sensible advice. I, I think the other thing that is quite blurry that I did want to explore with you two, whilst I've got your attention, is cloud services. Now, now increasingly, it's not just a case of storing things locally on a device. But, but actually, so I think about my photos, for instance, that are stored in the cloud and so much of the other stuff that's stored in the cloud that our devices are simply a means of accessing. And, uh, and, and what we're doing is we're generating tons and tons of often, I'm going to say, rubbish Mm. there as well so you know all these photos you take you don't really need them it's just because you've taken it to remind you to get something for your weekly shop or whatever it is but over time this becomes a very untidy space that's using up huge amounts of data going back to why we're here and and I, and I wanted to get from both of you some recommendations on how you keep your life tidy when you're using the cloud I'll start with Carl okay I think it's it's not so not that different to outside of the cloud um, it, it's it's all about good housekeeping and you know this is a, a very very common problem we see in businesses as well okay um, storage is cheap um, it's it, you know, we can just it's easier just to keep stuff save stuff save a copy backups etc and it's 
once it's there, people aren't very good at the, the housekeeping angle. So, so what that means is we do need to go through and weed out the old stuff. Think about you know, do do we need this anymore? Why are we keeping that? Um, and and this is definitely businesses and individuals alike. Um, you know, we, we find it a lot. The the if we find some sensitive information on an assessment that that shouldn't be there, it's because people have forgotten about it. It was created some time ago and they, they didn't realise it was there. Um, or it's in a place, it's in the wrong place where it's not so well as a, well protected as it should be. So it's the solution, I think, is, is simple, whether it's cloud or otherwise. It's, it's, it's housekeeping. It's go through the folders and the files and, and weed out the stuff you do not need. Um, if you're not sure, well, maybe save it offline so so save it out of the cloud onto maybe put it on a usb stick or something if it's your family photos you don't want to not sure you want to delete them but put them somewhere safe yeah in the uh, lock them away you don't have to keep everything forever on on you know online forever justin yeah now we're 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 hoarders by nature right so we we store this stuff Mm. just in case not so, not so much of a problem if it's um, photos, I, I guess, from your, from your phone, like personal stuff, contacts from the late eighties that you pulled off your SIM card or your phone or something like that. But yeah, it does get to be a problem if it's with these blurred lines between home and work, um, some documents moving backwards and forwards. Yeah, and because I just wanted to touch on that because sometimes there's the practicalities of I don't know. Um, you receive an email at home. What do you do with it? You know, it's, and the things like records retention policies that we have well, in the workplace. You know, should we have that in the home as well? I mean, it's sort of. I'd say. I'd, I'd say we sort of should. Really, you shouldn't be moving data between um, personal yeah. and, and corporate addresses anyway. But nonetheless, if you are um, a gigging contractor doing a bit of consultancy from home, that sort of stuff. You know, I've referred to digital nomads before before you can have the same responsibility as a corporation will so i don't know you know better than me but like three years maybe for a set of contracts yeah. three months for the cctv from my video doorbell that i've just had yeah. installed and you know so again it's it's an eyes wide open thing it's being conscious you're responsible for it um worst case scenario is you pay, you pay a little bit less for your cloud storage because you've cleared out 10,000 photos of the inside of your pocket or something. You know, you, you know what I mean? We, t- we touched a little bit on the doorbell. And I, and I think that's fascinating because I also wanted to talk to you two about securing the physical house because so much of the technology lends itself to this. You, you've got the, you know, the virtual security, but also you've got the physical security. Are you seeing much more take up in things like the, you know, the, the clever doorbells and the clever padlocks and all the other stuff? Um, Justin, we, we we hear a lot about it. Um, take up in terms of managed security in the islands that we live in, not so much. Not in terms of paying a, a subscription to have someone look after your. So, like a tracker on a vehicle, for instance. I mean, that's that's a, that's oh, a yeah, we, yeah monthly payment thing. But yeah, so we see that at a personal level. I've, I've got a. A tracker on my bike outside, just in case someone wheel, wheel, wheels it off. Um, again, personally, where, where I'm really keen on is uh, 
securing the environment. So inside the house, I'm less worried about uh, okay. sensors on the on the gate, that sort of okay. stuff. Because we of the just by the fact of the place that we actually live, not so much of a problem. Where I'm really keen is on it. I'd like to understand. Um, I'd like to say movement in my house, but not movement, unusual movement. So things like my smoke alarms, those sorts of things tell me that they've detected smoke and on which floor and that sort of stuff. And I'm, I'm mega keen on that because that's... It's an early warning system, isn't it? it so that's that's very useful. It, exactly. But there are a, a lot of video camera devices like the, like the video doorbell, that sort of stuff. And I do actually have a sensor on my front door, but that's really just to tell me if one of the kids has left it open <laughs> on the way out of the house. <laughs> okay. Carl, what's your thoughts on this? Um, well, it's... One of the things that we do is physical security assessments and and really my take on it would be that most households are actually more secure than businesses. It's it's easier to get into a business than it is a home in in most cases. Um, We we, we do have, you know, we have reasonable quality um, locks and, uh, and windows I'm not saying that you know they, they can't be compromised, but um, uh, and then the other thing is most of the time people are there, especially nowadays with the remote working. So if anything, it's actually easier to get into a into a business into business premises than it is um, private private dwellings. Um, I think the and, and the other if you you, you may be alluding to. Um, putting um, protective devices or detective devices on the home in, in the um, with the aim of making it more secure um, of course well we you know we live in a relatively safe we community. are lucky in that respect yes um, and um, as we've we've touched on already some of these devices they may they off, offer some security features but can often come with security vulnerabilities as well uh, so the the doorbell which has been used for you know it was only recently um, got hacked and people were being you know people were being harassed via their doorbells and and um, yeah or, or denied or you know denied access to their houses because their their front doors wouldn't open I think I should mention at this point that unfortunately we've got a high of uh, moving bags outside whilst we're recording this uh, podcast. So, so I do apologise for any sort of uh, uh, extraneous noises you're experiencing during this. But uh, okay, I, I want to wrap things up by looking ahead, looking into the future. Um, you know, we 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 are constantly. Um, buying these devices and we're using mobile phones more, we're streaming media, we're doing lots and lots of things at home as well as working from home and and, and transferring data from ourselves to our workplace, to the cloud, etc. Um, and so our demands on connectivity is always increasing. Uh, where do you see we, us going over the next five, ten years? I mean, look at the crystal ball. Tell me what you see. <laughs> um, more. I see us doing a lot more. Um, and I don't mean in terms of 4K, 5K, 8K, whatever K TV you've got in your lounge, because your eyes may not or may not be able to process that many pixels. Um, but anyway, we're going to do a lot, lot more. So far, we've been focusing on what we do with our, our keyboards and interacting with our customers and, and fellow office workers. But there's 2.7 billion frontline workers um, 
who aren't involved in that sort of activity, about 80% of the world's workforce. So I see the future connecting these workers to their factories, to their machinery, to their production plants using augmented reality or virtual reality to move the productivity out of the factory floor and into the um, into your home office lounge. Okay. Um, so this um, is, this is proper remote working. This is actually doing stuff from your home, but controlling things wherever it, it is in the world. It, exactly that. So whether it's a, a, a factory that's got its own private five G network that's connecting all the robots and uh, um, machinery in there, or what we already see in in um, some telecommunications companies, augmented reality engineering work happening. So the the experts. Um, beaming into your glasses and you're doing the work but the work's actually happening up a mast somewhere by, by a drone we already use drones Indeed, for surveillance yeah. of um, our mast infrastructure um, some of the bigger bigger telcos um, and we're starting to see that move into heavy machinery so sort of mining equipment that sort of stuff where you could be working and, and so you think that that's going to cascade down into into more and more um, daily tasks I suppose yeah so we're we will, through technology, touch more and more of those 2.7 billion workers that are currently physically manually working. Carl, how do you see the future for security around that sort of stuff? I think there's only one way it can go, really, I think, is, is to move to a world where we have where devices are more um, what I would call self-protecting or um, autonomous security, meaning that... Um, Every device, every component on your network, your system, in your environment has some degree of protective capability um, because it, it could be working anywhere. It's you know, that, that we, we can't just hide behind the corporate firewall anymore or behind the, the home router. Every device needs uh, its own security. Every application needs to be secure and be able to protect itself and detect attempts to to um, to, to compromise attempts. Um, so I think that the technical um, there'll be more innovation around technical protection of devices. Um, so every element of the environment has some some. Uh, ability to protect itself, so you're not reliant on. But you're saying it's not there yet by any stretch no, of no, imagination. No, so. and, and at a, and, a, and at the along in in tandem with that, but at a much slower pace, um, sort of lagging behind. I think what we'll, we'll see is just people will become more aware and more more security savvy. Um, so, um, but I, I don't think we can sort of rely on that. I think that's going to take a very long time to kick in. Uh, if if it ever really catches up to where it needs to be. Okay, I think I need to wrap this up now. Um, we've still got the crane outside, so we're doing our best. Um, I just want to say thank you to both of you. I think it's been really interesting. Uh, I guess the message from this is do your homework before you buy smart devices, but enjoy them because they can be fantastic, but also be vigilant as well. I mean, just be sensible about this stuff. And we're all here to help. Mm-hmm.